Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Modern Aged Middle Life, a podcast brought to you by Emily Baum and Graham Jarvis, comedy writers addressing modern day confusions for the middle aged. What's that behind you, Graham? <laughs> it's an anaconda. <laughs> Why would that be the yes. first thing that came into mind? An anaconda. No, not an anaconda. That sounds like you've got a stutter or speech impediment of some sort. Not an anaconda, but an anaconda. An anaconda. <laughs> well, Mrs Conda said would have looked after her daughter for a couple of hours. She said it would be very kind. I said, all right, Anna. Pop in. Slytherin. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Big Harry Potter fan. <laughs> so why did you say there's an anaconda behind you? In the last year or two, people are crazy with keeping different animals. They seem to be going into more exotic animals. And I read a report this week in the Galapagos Islands. They opened a suitcase that they were suspicious of and found something like 80 tiny little turtles wrapped in polythene to stop them wriggling. Mm. People are stealing these things to order for human beings who want exotic pets. It's just ridiculous. There was something in the news a couple of weeks ago about some bloke in Austin, Texas, who accidentally let his fully grown tiger out and it took them a good few days. I think it was still missing after four days. There seems to be a certain competitive nature about exotic pets and animals mm. and having them. I'm thinking this tiger is sat in a dog kennel at the moment thinking they think a leopard can't change its swats. True, but can a tiger change its stripes? <laughs> and there it is. It's doubled up its stripes, so it just looks like a very big black dog. I reckon, actually, the tiger just keeps walking through the KFC drive through knowing full well that the unsuspecting server will just throw chicken at it to keep themselves safe. <laughs> Who has a tiger? Could you have a tiger in your house? No, I think it's really silly. My granny who I might have spoken about before. This the mouse tamer. No, the other granny. <laughs> oh, glad, the, glad there were two. <laughs> the other granny, my mum's mum, she didn't like keeping things locked up. So cats in her house came and went and she came across to our house once because she disagreed the fact that we kept the dog in the house and wouldn't allow it to go out at will. I love the fact that she didn't like things being locked up. Yeah. Yet Graham spent his childhood in a cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be cruel to animals, but that child, he needs to go in a cage, I'll tell you. <laughs> I graduated to a cupboard. It was a draw for the first few years. <laughs> she let the dog go. What? <laughs> she let my brother's dog out. She came round, opened the back gate, and the dog ran out and skidded and got knocked over by a truck. Oh, mm. that was dumb. Oh, was the dog all right or did it um, rest in pieces? It was all right. What was it called? Lucky. Prince. The dog formerly known as Prince. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is a fine line between wanting to conserve and protect animals and then wanting them all to be free. But actually letting them all free isn't always in their best interest. A lot of people don't really care. For example, my cousin, when I was a little kid, he wanted to keep snakes. Hmm. My mother would go, ooh, don't fancy snakes. No. I'd go round to my cousin's and he'd have all these aquaria, as I thought they were, and in different tanks would be different <laughs> snakes. There's little Graham looking through the tank going, don't think much of your fish. <laughs> yes. Why is there no water in there? <laughs> <laughs> this one. It's well long, isn't it? <laughs> I don't get the whole wanting to keep snakes. And I know it's really popular, 
and it just freaks me out. You see photographs on social media of parts of Malaysia where people are lying in bed and are being sized up by snakes or have been consumed by snakes. Why would you voluntarily want to have something living with you in your house that can eat you? I think people like it because it's as exotic as they're going to get. What do you mean? They're quite boring and therefore they need to spice up their lives with some sort of predator? Perhaps. Why would he keep spiders like tarantulas? Yeah. It's a bit like nobody wants to keep anything that's harmless. No one says, please come back to my house and see my slow worm collection. Oh, I uh, didn't even mention my dung beetle collection. <laughs> well, dung beetles can be dangerous, just to pre-warn you. Can they? No. Oh. People don't seem to collect things that are considered harmless. It seems to be more of a novelty thing to have something that could logistically rip off your face. You shouldn't keep things that don't want to be with you. <laughs> Note to Jill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not humane, Jill. Just let him go, open the back gate, he'll run under a truck and life will be easier. You'll get the life insurance. <laughs> In the wild, moths and bats can smell things for miles, yet people put them into, even if it's a big warehousey thing like at zoos, hmm. they've not got their natural environment, like a dung beetle. I think when it's giving out its pheromones, the female dung beetle travels, I don't know, six miles that sort of distance. That's their natural way. I mean, if they're locked in a tank and he's giving off his pheromones, the female's going to think, wow, that's a bit strong. Six miles away, it was pretty attractive. But when I'm about two feet away, woo, can I get out of here, please? <laughs> it's like when someone walks past you with really strong perfume on, you feel like you could chew it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you do need to do a certain element of conservation, which is where zoos come in. Animals can't always be trusted in the world to protect themselves because of the inconvenience of humans that keep trying to hack them to death and use them as ashtrays. But it would never cross my mind to think, oh, we're thinking of getting a pet. Should we go cat, dog or liger, which is a lion that's crossed between a tiger? Can you imagine my next-door neighbour's face, even though she is the vicar? <laughs> She'd be livid if I had a giant cat pottering around the garden. Oh, I'm so sorry about your youngest child. I didn't think you'd miss her. <laughs> I discovered that stick insects were a pretty bad thing to keep. Yeah. They just breed. I don't know why stick insects don't rule the world. Are they quite uh, amorous stick insects? To look at them, you wouldn't know. No. <laughs> I think if you've actually got a stick insect, the answer's yes. But if, as is the Grimsby tradition, they just give you a load of privet, it doesn't matter how long you wait, that <laughs> stick is not going to breed. Do you think all <laughs> stick insects are straight? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they keep breeding. The sort of animals you should keep are animals that want to be with you. Now, cats want to be with you because they want the service, they want the food and all the rest of it, but they can come and go as they please. Mm. With a dog, if you said to the dog, yeah, here's your freedom, shoved it out of the door, it'd be hammering on the door saying, don't want to go, I don't want to go out there. I want to be with you, I want to be with you. But a penguin, which when I was little, I thought, oh, I could do with a penguin. But eventually we decided that our little two-up, two-down terraced house was not a suitable environment for a king penguin. Going back to what you were saying about the dog side of things, have you ever done that when you've left the door open because you've gone out to put something in the car? You've come back in, you've shut the door. About half an hour later, you go, where's the dog? <laughs> <laughs> and you open the door and the dog's usually sat outside the front door going, uh, excuse me. Or someone knocks on the door and says, is this your dog? And you have to very embarrassingly go, yes. 
<laughs> it's been out here for about half an hour and you're like, I didn't even notice, just bring it in, bring it in. Our dog's not the brightest dog in that if you're playing a game and you throw a treat and it goes behind a door, it can't work out that the treat's just behind mm. the door. It's looking, saying, wow, magic, the treat's disappeared. Oh, magic, where's it gone? <laughs> but if you put the dog out in the garden and close the door... It will bark when it wants to come in. That's quite clever. Yeah. But then what do you do if you've let the penguin out the front? You know, is anyone going to knock on the door and say, excuse me, is this your penguin? <laughs> I don't know. Probably they would. Probably in the neighbourhood you'd have a reputation. <laughs> oh, it's that bloke with a penguin. On the road that I live on, the lady that used to live down the end before my time, apparently she had a pet alligator. Really? Yeah. And she actually had a concrete bath in the back garden that the alligator would, I would assume, paddle in because it wouldn't have been big enough. But she used to put it on a lead and walk it, apparently. It was famous. And what happened to this lady now? Is there a very big alligator and an empty house? It's one of those stories you never quite got the bottom to. I don't honestly know. <laughs> she died, but I don't know what happened to the alligator. I wonder how she died. No idea. <laughs> but that's weird. Why would you have an alligator? You know, similar to your penguin. That's weird. And then does yeah. it become a yeah. competition? Does next door then get an ocelot and somebody else gets a puma and then you're like every time I go out to walk my pet my next door neighbour's pet tries to eat it. It would be cool if you had a penguin say you're going on your bike and you took your penguin out a bit like a bird of prey obviously you'd have to glue some velcro on the bottom of the penguin's feet and have a special glove with velcro on but you could have the penguin on your wrist as you're cycling along people going look at that I've never seen that before. Why wouldn't you put the penguin in your basket like E.T.? (laughs) Well, I suppose so. It's just that where I come from, you don't have bicycles with baskets. It would be slightly less cruel than Velcroing a penguin to your arm. I don't know. I think the air whistling through its little tuft of hair on the top of its head, that's how I imagine it. But you're right. I mean, you couldn't have a penguin pottering around unless you had the right resources for it. A pottering penguin. A pottering penguin. So why is it all right to have lizards and snakes and stuff like that? You couldn't put it in a little box, could you? It's just awful. No. And I think it's awful when you go to these bird of prey places where they're feeding. They say, oh, feeding time's at 12 o'clock and people go there thinking there's going to be a bowl of cereal. (laughs) Ready brick. (laughs) And they throw these live chicks. Sometimes the birds catch them out of the air. People are going, oh no, no, no. There's all these traumatised four-year-olds going, mummy, the chick, they're feeding the chicks to the birds. It's like when you go in the pet shop and they've got the snakes and people are sort of like, oh, be really cool to have a snake. Yes, wait until you have to buy the live mice to feed the snake. Yeah, that's right. Then see how you feel. You've got hamsters next to pythons. It's just weird. People would say, I do it the kind way, I anaesthetise the mouse so it doesn't feel anything. And then the eagle eats the mouse and falls asleep, falls (laughs) off its perch, bangs its head. Just doesn't work, does it? It's just not right. You shouldn't be keeping these things. Let them fly, let them be free. Did you watch Tiger King? I'm in a family where any programme with potential cruelty to animals, we don't support. Mm. If nobody watched it, you wouldn't make those shows. Did you watch it? I did, yeah. (laughs) I can tell you, I didn't watch it for tips in hairstyles. Some of the people in it just got mental. But it did highlight that there are people that pretend to be conservationists that are not doing things for good. Or they entered something like that with the intention of doing good things and actually their own ego gets the better of them. And these guys, and this is quite common in the States, they're breeding tigers and lions together to create this new breed called ligers. And when you get to that sort of... So people are paying money to have photographs taken with tiger cubs in Vegas. 
these are animals. These are yeah. animals that would very, very much welcome the idea of ripping your head from your body. So why do you want to cuddle with them? There's some human condition where people can't leave animals to develop naturally, evolve as they should. And as soon as the animals are within the human environment, people will do stuff like these cats that people get a cat and they say, oh, I don't like the idea of the cat shedding fur. So they've bred these sphinx cats that have got no fur. Old ones, yeah. It just looks like watching your nan without a nightdress on. It's not, a, <laughs> it's not a nice thing. And people say it's beautiful, it's gorgeous. No, it's not. No. I feel awkward for it. I want to go where knit is a pair of underpants. <laughs> well, the cats, where they're so docile, the people just say, oh, look how docile this cat is, and they'll throw it across the room to somebody, and the cat's just say like, yeah, OK. Not the usual cat, like, you better not do that again. If you want to keep your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> or people that have their cats declawed. No, you shouldn't be doing that. You don't declaw humans. No. You don't go around and say, Graham, I've never liked your fingernails. It's not right that you should have any. Let's pop those off. That's the type of torture. How would I play guitar, I wonder? Let's not go there. They should put up loads of scratching posts, mm. get a little shrub tree, or let the cat into the garden. Cat-proof the garden if they don't want the cat to stray. I think it's a mixture between ego and control and this arrogance that human beings, as you said, need to feel power over the rest of the animal kingdom. But I still don't understand why you would want to sit and watch Netflix with a giant lion on the sofa next year. Imagine if you could get revenge, if for a day the roles were reversed, and some of these people that keep the big cats in such a fashion, imagine if you sealed them in their homes... Drop some food down a chimney and say, no, they'll be all right. Look, we're feeding them. If the shoe was on the other foot, would a lion go to a zoo that was full of humans? No, much too sensible. Technically, that would be a drive-through for a lion, wouldn't it? <laughs> would a emu want to come and watch me having a bath through a cage? Uh, I can't imagine. Because that's what it is. It's voyeurism, going to the zoo and watching. Yes, it's education and you get to see animals that you may not see before, but... I've paid 45 quid to watch a gorilla have a poo. Did you? You know, that's that's a bit awkward. They have no <laughs> privacy. You need a bit of privacy. And if, if the shoe was on the other foot, it would basically be like saying to animals, come and look through my window. <laughs> the whole concept's weird. Why is it nobody wants an emu as a pet? Nobody wants certain things as a pet. They don't want an eagle pottering around the house. They'll have a lion or a tiger or a puma or a leopard. I think some people do. They have these things, but they keep them in an outbuilding, you know, a shed or something. Aviaries, we had somebody around here who had an aviary, and it was filled with tiny little songbirds. And you think, well, it's not too bad. But those birds are used to flying some distance. Yeah. And in this case, nowadays you've got birds of prey around, you know, red kites and things. The poor little things in the aviary, imagine if just outside a bird of prey's out there looking in. <laughs> you know, all the tiny little songbirds, the backside of the aviary, like, mummy, mummy. <laughs> well, no way you can escape. I wonder if animals do envy each other. I did see a cartoon where there's a fish that wishes it could walk and there's a cat wishing it could swim and there's a dog wishing it could fly, and there's a duck there that's just grinning. <laughs> In that case, ducks are top of the pile, aren't they? You wonder why ducks don't rule the world. If they can fly, they can swim, can walk. Ducks spend too much time bickering with each other. <laughs> Whenever you see ducks together, it's really sweet because you see the male and the female and you can tell which one is which. 
but they always look like they're just moaning at each other. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? She always looks like she's like, well, I told you, if we'd waddled to the other pond, we would have got there half an hour sooner, but you insisted on using the sat-nav, and I told you, it'd take twice as long. They look like they're constantly just bickering with each other. Yeah, ducks do seem to squabble. And they never look like they know which direction they're supposed to be going in. No. Because even when they get into a huddle, one will walk off one way and one will walk the other way. In fairness, it's very much like taking my entire family to Guildford on a shopping trip. It's a very similar situation. <laughs> do you want to go and Primark? Oh, I'm not going in Primark. Why is Grandma walking off to Holland and Barrett? Come back, Grandma. What are you doing? <laughs> do you find people throw little pieces of bread at you? Yeah, saves me a fortune in buying lunches. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that there are situations where the tiger is sat on the sofa with Brendan in Austin, Texas, and he's sitting there thinking, give me five minutes, I'll eat him? <laughs> Probably they do. Their instincts are not the instincts of human beings. Mm. I had a mate who uh, used to keep fish, and I used to keep tropical fish, you know, little guppies, and I felt it was cruel to have them in a small tank, so I'd get this four-foot tank for a few guppies and never overcrowded. Never overcrowded? They had to ring each other to find out where they were in a four-foot tank. <laughs> Send up a flare, will you, Brian? We've lost Linda. <laughs> <laughs> My mate got bigger and bigger fish and once he said oh, I've got this great new something or other seal <laughs> uh, yes <laughs> well it was about the size of a seal a baby seal it was in a five foot or so six foot perhaps tank so an enormous tank for a living room but the fish itself was probably half the length of the tank so the poor thing could barely move round to swim at all it's sort of like go backwards a couple of feet, and then it'd have to go forward. And I said, that's not kind. That's awful. I didn't turn around. You need a massive place like these zoos have mm. to keep the animals, I think. Yeah, you can't have things in little spaces. But then saying that, there's lots of students in one-bedroom flats and we don't worry about them. You reckon? <laughs> what about a boyfriend who justifies having bedbugs as they're my pets in embarrassment? Does that work, do you think? No, that's just disgusting. <laughs> no. But it's not that far from letting your exotic animals free in your house, is it? You know, if you keep insects, beetles. But you don't hear people like that on the news, do you? You don't hear of somebody out in the States whose house is riddled with beetles and insects and things like that. That's the stuff of horror films, that is. Yeah. But you do hear about people that have private zoos where they have cages in their back garden because it's not illegal in Texas to have exotic animals and they will have a bear. I mean, at what point did you watch Winnie the Pooh and go, that's lovely. Do you know what? We should have a real one that's likely to eat the kids out the back in the garden. And anyway, a bear's not exotic. I think of a bear as being exotic. Really? I think of it more as when I'm down the local Turkish restaurant and a belly dancer comes in. <laughs> that's exotic. I don't think of any animals as exotic. I think of it as just unkind when you keep an animal in places the animal clearly shouldn't be. I knew someone once who had squirrels. Knowingly? Yeah. <laughs> she had a squirrel in an outdoor cage. And I sort of said to her, why have you got a squirrel in an outdoor cage? And she said, 
He's blind in one eye. He was in an accident. Oh. Mm -hmm. He won't survive in the wild, so we have him in a cage. You know, you're like that. Oh, actually, this is a really nice thing to do. Oh. Until later you find out the only reason the squirrel had an accident was because she had it working in a factory. <laughs> <laughs> she was responsible. I did read a story about a lady that was followed around by a moth. Huh? This moth wouldn't leave her alone. And it was a very pretty moth. It looked pretty much like a butterfly, apart from the fact its legs were furry and more tarantula-like. <laughs> This moth wouldn't let her go. Eventually, the moth and another moth were together mating on her plant and lots of little caterpillars hatched and she was there with dozens of caterpillars on her hand, making them safe, took them inside so they couldn't be eaten. And then she had a whole family of these wonderful coloured moths. And you think, well, it's a bit strange, but she did let them go. The moths could come and go. It's just that this one single moth seemed to think of her as... Um, some protector. Oh. Weird. Did she have to put like a little moth type of cat flap in? A little moth flap somewhere so they could pop it. <laughs> Did she have to get one of those magnets and then pop it on the moth so that none of the other moths could come in through the magnetic moth door? It was only that one moth that was allowed in. I mean, because where do you end? Where does this end? You know, you're going to have these animals, and exotic types. Do you have to put all these practices in place? If I go out and get myself a baby rhino, do I have to put a rhino door in? That's sufficient. Uh -huh. Somebody I knew did have a dog flap and they had one of those Venoramas, is it? Vimeranas. Vimeranas. Venoramas is basically hair of the dog. It's when you've drunk too much wine. <laughs> My mistake. It must have been three or four foot tall and this dog flap allowed the dog to come and go as it wanted. But you and I could easily get through this flap in the door. So it must have been a very trusting neighbourhood. Or stupid, whichever way you want to go. They've been burgled 15 times, never understood why. <laughs> <laughs> What's the dog doing? It's gone out. <laughs> <laughs> when I went back later that night, they didn't have much worth having, actually. <laughs> so an alligator yeah. is not something you would assume would fit into somebody's house. But like I said, this woman had a loving relationship with this alligator. And this was in the UK. At what point do you think the police get called? Because we're very English, aren't we? Nobody wants to say anything. You can imagine how the conversation started. Brenda at 43 has got an alligator. No, she hasn't. Yes, she has. I've seen it. Have you really? Really? Next week, have you seen Brenda out walking her alligator? I know, I can't believe it. It's disgusting. I don't know how she does it. And then at that point, when does it turn into... Nobody's seen Brenda for at least three weeks. Should we ring someone? Because she has got that alligator, you know. Do you think they ring up to try and shop Brenda for the alligator in the first place? Or do you think they ring up to say, I think Brenda at number 42 has been eaten by an alligator? To which the police go, ring the RSPCA. <laughs> <laughs> the twist to that story is probably that actually Brenda's husband likes dressing up as an alligator <laughs> and she takes him for walks as part of their ritual. <laughs> and when she threatens to reveal his habit, he knows his career as an accountant is over, so he does Brenda in and blames it on his fantasy alligator. He's seen burning the alligator suit in the garden. It's a perfect crime <laughs> <laughs> do you think the RSPCA's have walked into a house and just gone 
Oh, my Lord. Because they're used to collecting swans and dogs and bits and pieces like that. But do you think they've ever been into somebody's house and found a giant terrapin or a lynx? Yeah. <laughs> well, not the underarm spray. <laughs> they've probably been into many, many a young man's house and found cans of tropical lynx. Because <laughs> I know a friend of mine had these special cats and they were ginormous things. Manx cats or something, I can't remember. And they're petting it yeah. like it's a little oh. tabby cat. And I'm like, oh. I'm not convinced because no. its face, its face very clearly said, I want to maul you to death and make it look like an accident. <laughs> you know, and they're, and they're treating it like a soft toy. It was just like, oh, Lord. <laughs> so do you think the RSPCA do walk into these houses and go, oh, hang on a minute, that's not a domestic cat. That's something a bit more exotic. I think Disney must take a lot of the blame in that they've made a lot of these things look really cute. Mm. And so people think, oh, look at that vicious animal over there. I'll just go and stroke it. <laughs> <laughs> Get your phones out. Here's an Instagram moment of a lady having her arm eaten, <laughs> you know. People have chimpanzees. Indeed. Michael Jackson had Bubbles, the chimp, yeah. and then was shocked and surprised when adolescent Bubbles tried to rip one of his good arms off. You're like, it's not a toy. No. It's something that should be out in the wild that you should give a very wide berth to. You shouldn't be running up, as you say, offering it a cuddle. Sadly, my granny never left Grimsby. In fact, she never left the street in which she lived in Grimsby. <laughs> Otherwise, she could have told Michael Jackson, I'm opening the back gate, Michael, and letting Bubbles free. <laughs> Bubbles got to a stage where he was so sexually frustrated, he was throwing himself at everybody. Apparently, someone nearly ran him over twice. Really? Well, yes, because he was allowed to roam free, because people thought he was a human baby. They put him in nappies, they dressed him up. But then when Bubbles's testosterone levels got to a certain point, he was looking for a lady Bubbles. And when there was no lady Bubbles in sight, he would go for other bits and pieces. And that's what typically happens. They get chimpanzees as babies and they treat them as surrogate children yeah. and very much like surrogate children at some point they need to shove off and find their own place to live or they'll bite you yeah when their teenagers <laughs> hit yes <laughs> or rip your arm off and then beat you to death with it <laughs> yes that's what happens with animals isn't it they hit puberty and it's like i want out of here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not cute anymore. They go from that little baby stage. Because oh. any picture of a baby animal is adorable. But nobody ever looks at an elderly bear with half of its fur missing and going, oh, isn't it lovely? It's got four teeth, dribbles, and it's incontinent. We should get one of those. <laughs> Would you ever work at a zoo? No. I think with your family history, you'd be a, a risk, wouldn't you? You'd be a liability. Oh, Graham keeps leaving the gates open for them all again. <laughs> you can just hear him, fly free, fly free. Run, everybody, run. <laughs> Singing to the animals, <laughs> talking to the animals. <laughs> Get some work done. <laughs> like a Grimsby version of Snow White. <laughs> <laughs> I think the do-little would really apply to me in the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Modern Aged Middle Life was brought to you by Graham Jarvis and Emily Baum. If you liked it, tell a friend or rate and review the podcast. That will help others find us. Thanks.